Just a teaser, wrong intro. Actually, it's going to be Shavuot moving from birth to growth to maturity. So that threw you off, didn't it? Love it, love it. But it is Shavuot tomorrow. So we are going to take a skip um, from Ezekiel and the revelation of the 13 scrolls and have a look at Shavuot because I love teaching about the feasts and festivals because these are our seasons of joy growing together and this is what it's all about. This is one of the three ascension feasts. So Shavuot, moving from birth to growth to maturity. So um, I've got to tell you, um, I've been keeping Shavuot for over 10 years. And um, this Shavuot, this counting of the Omer has been the biggest reality check to what it really is all about. It's a refining process. Counting, like I've said so many times before, counting from that barley harvest, which is the animal carnal nature, through to the wheat harvest, where we're supposed to be more the spiritual man. So as we're going through that count this year, there has been so much stuff that's come up, not only here in the local assembly, but all over people going through the refiner's fire. But that's what it's supposed to be. If we're truly pressing in, we're supposed to go through that. There's one thing that Yahushua promised us, which was trouble, tribulation. And if we're saints, then he's not going to leave us alone. We are going to be vexed. We are going to rub one another the wrong way. Especially if you get to hang out with me. It will for sure happen. But this has been so true this season. Uh, I've really, this is actually the first time, I'm embarrassed to say, that I've actually counted every single day and read the three Psalms that correspond with the Ascension um, with my family and not skipped a beat. You know, over the past years, I might have done, you know, 40 days and then forgot. And But this time, we've really, really been disciplined in going through it because we've been so pressed down and shaken. But if we endure, what do we get at the end of it? We're supposed to arrest the blessing. Or we end up back with the barley. It's one or two. You either arrest the blessing or you end up back at the beginning and have to go through it all again next year. And it gets worse and worse and worse. So this truly is about moving from birth to growth to maturity. The feasts of Yahuwah teach us scriptural realities and bring it into our lives if we're really paying attention. And I know I could be accused of over-spiritualizing everything, but really... I do look at things spiritually, and we should too if we're going to be spiritual people. I mean, there's enough carnality in the world, right? Because when we look at Shavuot, we can go back and we can look in the Old Testament and go, oh yes, that was for Israel. But when Shavuot was originally given, it was an agricultural festival which was designed to be celebrated in the land of Israel. So we can go, well... How do we really celebrate it when we're out here in the exile? I mean, it was designed as a festival for an agricultural festival, which means it was very earthly, natural, and outward, right? 
in the land of Israel, in the promised land. But in the exile, if we're not actually out there with the agricultural elements, then what is the purpose of it? It has a deeper spiritual meaning. The relevance of Shavuot is truly supposed to be spiritual for us today. Because we are to be gathered together from the inside out. It's what is going on inside of us will reflect whether we gather together or whether we scatter and disperse. Depending on what's going on inside of us, right? Scattering or gathering. So Shavuot may be hard for many to understand its relevance. Well, how does, how does it really apply to me today? I'm out here in the world. Well, it's got deep spiritual relevance to us if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Because really, many of us, we come from a, you know, a traditional Christian um, mainstream church background which really is designed, I mean, in my opinion, I hope you agree with me, I think the mainline church background that we came from was really designed to preach the new birth. We didn't hear about the feasts and the festivals. We didn't hear about the Sabbath. But we heard continuously about getting saved and coming to Christ, right? It was constantly about the new birth. There's nothing wrong with that. That's where we begin But we can't stay there for our whole life as believers and accept that that is our walk. And that's where traditional mainstream Christianity has gone wrong, is the continual teaching of the new birth. It keeps you as stunted children. Because at some point you're going to understand the new birth, but you need to progress on to weightier, meatier matters. Let no man despise thy youth, Paul said to Timothy. Be thou an example to them that believe in word, in manner of life, in love, in faith, in purity. So yes, we understand where we came from, but we're supposed to move from birth and begin to grow. And then the feasts, if we apply them, are supposed to help us to come to full maturity. So today I want to talk about that cycle of growth because I don't want us to end up as stunted children. I really don't. And if we don't apply, then we're not going to grow. And growth means that you have to engage in the battle. So as we celebrate Shavuot, we're coming up to that tomorrow, I want to show us the cycle of growth that Yahuwah desires for us. He wants us to grow, right? He wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to get stuck. He wants us to get unstuck. And some of you are stuck. And I want to help you break out of your rut. The only difference between a rut and a grave is a grave has got end caps on it and you don't get out of it. A rut can very easily turn into a grave. Get out of the rut. Get out of the rut. Stop the cycle. We need to go from birth to growth. And become mature, seasoned believers. Birth, 
we have human marriage, and then its culmination of human marriage is from that love that was birthed, right? You start off with birth, and then you have human marriage is really a culmination of love birthed, right? There's a progression of growth there. But human marriage, even human marriage, it began with engagement. It grew into something. There's always growth. And with Yahuwah, the end game is what? The marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what we're to be growing towards, which is symbolized by the feast of Sukkot, which is the count begins at Passover to Shavuot. Then we've got this long, dry summer. Who will endure to the end, the marriage supper of the Lamb? It begins all the way back at love birthed, the new birth, the spiritual love for the Savior. But we have to move past that, not past it as in we forget our first love, but we develop our spiritual character. That's what's different with us as believers as what is taught by the traditional church. But we don't despise our beginnings, but we understand we have to move past love birthed. And we have to now mature. Does that make sense? That's a cycle of growth. 1 Corinthians 3.2 I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. You've got to be able to progress. Hebrews 5.12 For when for the time you ought to be teachers... Ye have need that one teach you again the very first principles of the oracles of Elohim. And you have become need of milk and not of strong meat. The Bible teaches us cyclical growth. Yahusha, he died. Then there was what? Yahusha died, then he resurrected, and then he ascended. Do you see a cycle of development even with the master? We have in marriage, engagement, then there's betrothal, and then there's full marriage. Nothing that brings forth true development can stay stagnant, cannot get stuck in a rut. Look at us at the... um, Israel being brought out of Egypt. They're brought to the mountain where they receive the book of the covenant. That was their engagement. Then there was the the mikvah, the baptism of the Ruach HaKodesh, which happened at Shavuot, which was their betrothal. And then finally, we're to come into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Again, we've got this growth and development as believers. Look at the three progression of growth in all of these cycles even with the covenant signs that we have in our faith there's water immersion and then from water immersion we go into a dedication phase and then from a dedication phase we go to the master's supper which is the heavenly meal nothing ever stays stagnant does it nothing ever stays stagnant Look at the, the, um, even the prophetic unraveling of revelation. There's this natural progression that's always happening. Growth, never standing still, never a rut to rot in. Because you can rot in a rut, right? 
And if the barley stays in the store, it will begin to mold if it does not develop as our character. If it doesn't develop, it will begin to rot and mold. So we have to work on our inner character development. And it's all a personal test. And you can all look at me and you can blame me for all of your problems. And you'll become stunted children. Because I'm not your problem. I may be part of the problem, as you are part of the problem. But we have to work individually so that we can help the whole. But it's so easy. You know, when you get up in somebody's face, and then you realize, whoa, it really is turned back on you. Yahushua taught us that. I'm not your problem. I may be a symptom of your problem, Or you may be a symptom of my problem, but ultimately I have to take personal responsibility and so do you. That's the natural growth that we're supposed to push into. So I'm so excited to be able to go through this OM account this year and truly, truly go, oh, I'm living it. But I'm wrestling for the blessing and it has come. On the 49th day of the Omer, and tomorrow's the 50th, it is Shavuot. And if you endure, you'll receive the blessing, or you'll become despondent, depressed, oppressed, and return back to Bali. But there's only two ways to go. You have to continue on. You have to see where the blessing is going to be. And then you go for the blessing. This is the amazing life that he's given us. It's an amazing cycle of growth. Look at the prophetic significance that we can find in this natural revelation of progression. We've got the law, the Torah, the book of the covenant written on stone. And then later on that law, we see that progression. Where is it written? It's taken inward. A development. That's character development with the word going inward. Never stagnant. And again, you've got 3,000 of rebels that were slain. And then through character development, you have 3,000 that are brought into the faith. What a change. Thankfully, it didn't remain stagnant. Otherwise, we'd have had another 3,000 slain. But something changed. It's called inner personal development somebody took responsibility for their stuff we all have to we all have to we all have to the letter of the law develops into the spirit of the law never stagnant never stagnant look at the prophetic significance and the symbology of shavuot this feast that we're coming to what does it represent to me These 49 days, movement, pressing, and growth. Character development. Learning when to stay quiet and when to speak. When to do and take action and when to take none. Learning that it is a movement that Yahweh is doing in all of his people that affects each and every one differently depending on where they're at in their lives. Right? So, this movement and growth that we're all facing, I'm not facing it alone. 
We're all facing it. It should be embraced, not ran from. It should be embraced. Embrace the movement and the growth so that you're ready to push boundaries. That's what the children of Israel do. They push the boundaries because we need to set our sights on something with even greater possibilities. Despite the odds, despite what we know, we have to be ready to push the boundaries. Even like I said, a grain of wheat must fall to the ground. The master says the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a kernel of wheat fall unto the ground and die, it abideth alone. Shavuot is not a time of aloneness, of being upset and staying home. It's a time where you're supposed to have worked on your character development that you can come together in one accord. That's what it's supposed to be about. So it's a serious time of inward reflection. And you've still got a day to go. We've still got time. But time is running out. And as I say... I'm not your problem. You can blame me, but the reality of it is we all have to take responsibility, which doesn't disclude me. I'm in it to win it, but you guys need to be in it to win it too. And that's not just us here. It is all of you out there watching too, working on your character development because the assembly is bigger than who's in the chairs here. It is what Yahweh's doing in his people in the nations that are understanding this significant Malkitzedic message. It's bigger than you, and it's a lot bigger than me. But we all have to understand that Yahweh's doing something in his people, trying to develop our character. Which means we're going to be tested. Which means we're going to be hard-pressed, shaken, and pressed down. But that's what the fun is all about. Because you have an opportunity to grow. And I love pushing the boundaries. Remember the two loaves that are supposed to be represented and put up on the altar for Shavuot? Well, they're supposed to, some say, represent the house of Judah and the house of Ephraim coming together in the mixing bowl in the nations. Is that true? Is that what's happening? Well, I sure feel beaten down at times. Well, wheat will be beaten and refined into flour. Who feels beaten down and like they're going in the refining bowl? Okay, at least we've got a few honest people because I certainly do. But it doesn't get me down because I understand it's a spiritual reality of a biblical principle in my life and I'm happy to be in the fight. I'm happy because you know what? If the devil isn't at the back door, then I'm not doing anything good for the kingdom because I wasn't even aware there was a devil until I got saved. 
Not really. Oh yeah, I'd heard about it and saw it in stained glass windows, but I didn't realize the reality of Satan until I became saved. Because then I became of use to the Father. So if he's not harassing you, then you're most probably not doing anything good for the kingdom. So, you know, get in the game, get over yourself, and let's get to the finish line. It's some serious work that we have today to get in the fight for our lives, for the faith. Be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. Be strong. Be courageous. Chazak, chazak is what we see and read in the Bible. Yes, we might be beaten down, refined, but that's all part of the process. Yahushua was sifted, so you're going to be sifted. I'm going to be sifted. Yahushua was beaten down and crushed, enabling you and me to be beaten down and crushed and sifted and tested. And that's our reality. We were promised that. We weren't promised prosperity. That's the prosperity gospel. We were promised tribulation. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, oh, this isn't cool. Oh, well, no, but it's what you signed up for once you got saved. It's a guarantee that you'll have it in this life. So embrace it and push through it and grab the blessing. Because there's always a blessing to those that are faithful in their thought life and in their inner character, despite what happens. And that should encourage you. Harvest, growth, because this is about a spiritual end time harvest. And you shall know them by their fruits. And the reality is, no matter how downcast you may feel, there is a spiritual harvest of believers that are coming in all over the nations to this wonderful, wonderful revelation that we have been stewarded with. And we finally pray for that rain so we don't get through a parched summer. We pray for that rain, that latter rain that will bring in the Ruach HaKodesh and the final outpouring. This is amazing stuff. Let's look at the three stages of our maturity in Yahushua. Number one, as we begin way back at Passover, we had the Feast of first fruits that followed. This was the first barley harvest where each of us was to complete this threefold activity. We begin with a one-on-one relationship. When I first got saved, it was all about me and my personal relationship. Was that true of you too? That's all you could think about, right? About this you and the the master and your newfound personal relationship. And that is where it begins. But you can't stay there. That's the problem with the traditional church. It keeps you as stunted children in an egocentric relationship with Christ. It's just you and Christ and that's it. But no, that's where it begins. And then from there... We are supposed to move on, not stay as this one-on-one relationship. We're to move towards Shavuot, which is a community. And then from Shavuot, we're supposed to move into Sukkot, which ultimately brings us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So at this time, let's reflect again. It starts with a one-on-one relationship, but then it's to grow to a community. And that is the hope of inner character development. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, we know it well. And I'm not going to teach you the pre-tribulation rapture, so please don't freak out. This is one of those pre-tribulation rapture verses, right? They used to hit us with. For the master himself shall descend from the Shamayim, heavens with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of Elohim, and the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. What does it say? You missed, you missed the most important part. Ah, we who remain shall be caught up together, together with them in the clouds to meet the master in the air. So shall we never, ever be with the master. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So shall we ever be, excuse me, with the master. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, meaning You have to move past the egocentric infant relationship where it is self-centered and it's all about what I want. It's all about what you want and your own desires about you and your relationship with the master. That's a stunted child. I cannot cater to that. I will not cater to that. And if that offends some of you, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not. We have to look at the bigger picture, the whole, not the egocentric, stunted child that is back at the new birth. There's nothing wrong with the new birth. We were all there. But we have to press in and go forward because Yahusha, no matter how much you love him, he is not coming back for you one Oh, there's another. I'm coming back for you. Oh, and I'm I'm coming back for one. There aren't going to be thousands and thousands of mid-air appointments with the master. Where all your little individual relationships, you're going to be caught up one at a time with the master. It's not going to happen that way. We're going to be caught up what? together so if we can't get over ourselves and get together for the feasts of Yahuwah we've got major problems and it's all very easy to look at me and say I'm your problem I might be part of the problem just as you might be part of the problem but ultimately It is a reflection of what's going on inside that needs to be conquered, refined, crushed down, and mastered. It's spiritual maturity. Or are we stunted children? We all have a temptation to be stunted children. I know I do. We all do. But we have to push through that. Yahusha isn't coming for us one by one. He's coming for us together. And if we're not found together, then we're in trouble. We all meet him in the air when he comes together. There aren't thousands of different mid-air appointments as much as that caters to our egocentricity 
It's not going to happen. Shavuot is the first of these communal covenants. So if Shavuot is all about community, what's the one thing that is going to be tested? What is the one thing that's going to be tested? I mean, this isn't like some big spiritual revelation to me. So as I've seen all of this you know, going on in the local community, and I'm always the last to hear about everything because not many people want to talk to me about it, apparently. It's not like some, like, I'm not trying to give you some big spiritual revelation. This is just kind of common sense, surely. If we're progressing to a feast about community, then what's the big thing that's going to be tested? Community. I mean, we've been believers long enough to know these things, surely. Don't be surprised, but overcome. Overcome. Because Shavuot is a communal feast. As we move away from the egocentric single at first fruits, it's all about me and Christ. We move away from that egocentricity and we move into the one-to-one, from the one-to-one covenants between man and Yahweh, and we move into the communal covenants. Shavuot is designed by the Father to work out my leaven and your leaven. It's designed that way. So embrace it. Embrace it. And then work through it and know there's a blessing at the end if you do well. And wrestle for the blessing. That's pretty cool, I think. I love that this life that we live actually does manifest in its natural times during the week. I'm glad that it does, but I always am able to see that. And I think some of you have been downcast because maybe you've lost that that's what this is supposed to be about. We be conquerors, more than conquerors. Shavuot is designed to work out the leaven to bring us together with Yahweh and with each other because we're supposed to be two barley loaves that are mixed in the kneading bowl of the nations. And yes, you're going to get battered up against the sides, But eventually, you'll get two loaves fit for a king because those things will be worked out in our lives. This is a time to be filled. Filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. Filled with our giftings. What is your gift? What is my gift? Walk in that gift for the community and be activated wherever you go. For the harvest is truly plentiful, the master said, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the master of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Shavuot is an equipping time. What is it to equip us for? Harvest. Is there a harvest? I can barely keep up with all of the needs of the people. There's no way. Thousands and thousands. It's, it's beyond us. We, we have people that are, are, are manning the emails and the fresh desk. We have hundreds. They can't even get. I mean, it, it's, it's beyond us. Because the laborers are few. And the harvest is abundant. It's abundant. But if we're looking through a pinhole. We won't get the vision. 
there's, there's chip paint, isn't there, in here? Look at the chip paint. That door, right? Look at that door. Look, it's chipped on the bottom. My shirt most probably stinks, right? Yeah? Stop looking at all that stuff and look out there. There's so much work to be done. But the problem is we can start looking and seeing that, you know, no, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. But there's more work to be done. But the problem is you can start focusing in on a negative and then you can't see the wood for the trees. Yes, there's chip paint. Yes, the door could be sanded. Uh, This is actually freshly laundered. But, you know, I'm just saying we have to get the big picture to be able to continue to do the work. For you are a people holy unto Yahweh, it says in Deuteronomy 14.2. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, Yahweh chose you. He chose you guys. He chose you to be his treasured possession. Segular in the Hebrew means you're special. You're special. Segular means you're different. Means you're of great value, of great wealth. Now the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word segular, it's an interesting Greek word, it's perisoius. Parasoise, and it means beyond the usual or peculiar. Beyond the usual or peculiar. And the Hebrew root means to shut up or to lock away. What would you do with your costly jewels? What do you do with your costly jewels? Put them in a safe. You shut them up and you lock them away. And when would you bring them out? For a special occasion, the feasts of Yahuwah, maybe the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yahuwah has chosen you as his special treasure that is to be shut up and locked away from the world. And he's supposed to bring us out together at his feasts. But the problem is... Too much of the world and too much immaturity and we begin to lose perspective of what this is all about. It's bigger than us. It's about ingathering the exiles in the end days, which is why we're his special people, that we're doing what we're doing. 20 years ago, you wouldn't have thought you were keeping the feast of Yahuwah, but you have been chosen. It's my job to remind you of what you are because many of you have become too affected by the things around you, by my inadequacies, your inadequacies and the inadequacies of the world and what's going on to see that this is bigger. We've got one life and he has chosen you. He chose you with this message, with this stewardship. And some of you think, well, oh, Matthew's the one teaching this message. He chose me just the same as you. This message changed my life just like it changed yours. 
I just have the extra hard job of having to vocalize it, communicate it, and help other people grasp it. But it changed my life too. I didn't used to believe this. So we're all really on an equal plane and an equal struggle. That's why we need each other. But I'm never going to be as loving as Don, and Don's never going to be as handsome as me. But we can still work together, right? We have different... I didn't mean that. I know you're going to take me to task afterwards. You always do. I look at the barley, and it's one time. But the wheat is continuous. It's a continuous. I mean, you wouldn't buy your car, right? Fill it up with gas. You just drive it. And then the moment that it runs out, well, the car's done. No, you continually, continually refill it. You continually refill it. That's why we have Shavuot. Shavuot is supposed to be our time for a refilling. And I look out at some of you. And I know you're feeling dry. And I know you're worn down. And you feel absolutely done. I'm done. But that's what Shavuot is for. Because you're running out of gas. It's time to be refilled. It's a developmental progress in the feastal cycle that Yahuwah has for us. We've all been there. It is supposed to be the refilling by the Ruach HaKodesh. That's what Shavuot is for. Do not believe in the myth, once filled, always filled. Because it's just a myth. Being filled is something where it is supposed to be a constant refilling. Why? Well, there's a condition that comes with it. And that's what people don't like, the condition. The condition of being filled by the Ruach HaKodesh is what? They were all in one accord together in one place. It's conditional. You don't like that bit though, do you? Because that egocentric nature back at first roots, it's all about me and my relationship with Christ. No. That's the egocentric child. That's the immature belief. And the problem is our culture teaches us that. Our church culture caters to it. It thrives on it. It brings in hundreds of thousands of people. Why do you think there are so few here? And why do you think the church message is so popular? Because it caters to an egocentric child. It's all about me and Christ. Forget anybody else. It's me and my personal relationship. That is why it is so popular. Oh, but now you start talking about keeping Shabbat, about denying your flesh, about starting discipling and changing your inner self. Oh, that, that, no. Do you understand? So our whole culture, this democratic world that was born from Greece, 
where democracy was invented, is egocentric. And I know, I know some of you would love that this ministry would be a democracy. I know you would love that. You'd love to have a round table. And some of you have said that to me. Where you can all have a vote. You can put a bit in my mouth. And you can guide me wherever you want. But this is not a majority ministry. Because I don't follow the world. The Bible says. Do not follow after a majority. And do not let the majority sway you. As a leader, I have to do what the word says, even though that offends you. Because I know you would like me to take a vote on every decision I make. But that's because you've been influenced by the world. And I'm sorry that that offends you. But you shouldn't be offended. We shouldn't be easily offended. And I will not have a bit put in my mouth. And that's been hard for some of you. But you will not go after the majority. And you will not let the majority sway you in judgment. That's what Yahweh says to his leaders. And that is my responsibility unto him. And that's tough. When we've been influenced by an egocentric church system. And I do not despise my humble beginnings, but I understand this ministry is built upon conviction, counsel, and calling. And I will have your counsel and heed your counsel. And I will be convicted. And ultimately, I have to do what is best for the whole, not the egocentric minority. And that is where many of you have divided. But this is a time to pause. We all make decisions in everything. But we have to follow the scriptures. Exodus 23 verse 2. You shall not follow after a majority to do mischief. Mischief is dividing the people of Yahuwah. I can't be a part of that. I simply can't. Because I have to look to the bigger whole. Thousands of people out there that are being gathered. Neither shall you speak in the cause. To side with the majority to stretch justice. You can't do those things. Majority does not rule. It doesn't rule. Appointment, calling, counsel, and conviction does. That's the difference. Are we in one accord here today as we go into Shavuot? Ministerially? Yes. Here locally, we are not in one accord. We are not in one accord. There are local personalities and we are not in one accord. Why? Why aren't we in one accord? What was Yahuwah's big, big test that he has? The most profound test that we see in the scripture. 
He takes us out of Egypt. And what does he do? He could have came up with any, any way of testing Israel. Any way of testing them. He could have contrived anything. But Yahweh, how did he think that he would test Israel? What did he come up with that would ultimately test the individual to see what was inside of them? To see whether they would follow the calling. He came up, how many months are there in the tribulation? 42. How many camping spots were there in the wilderness? 42. Locally, you couldn't even follow me to one camping spot. You couldn't even get out the gate and follow my leadership, my calling to one camping. And many of you pride yourself on your outdoorsmanship, on your hunting ability, on the fact that you've stockpiled beans, ammunition, and you're ready for the trip. You're not ready for the tribulation. You couldn't even get to the first camping spot. You don't even trust my leadership enough to get to the first camping spot. That is how we need to pay attention to what's going on. Because that's the test that Yahweh developed. That's what the counting of the Omer is about. What does that say? This is something that really we should take great pause. Locally, many of you have forgotten of where you came from. You've forgotten how you got to where you are. You've forgotten that this ministry helped you get where you are. Because you're looking at the paint and it's chipped and my clothes that need to be laundered and that my voice cracks and I'm not perfect and you're not perfect and you've forgotten Not all of you, but some of you. Not all of you, but some of you. You're looking at the broken parts. So easy to lose your way. And that's what the feasts of Yahweh are for. To bring us back into one accord. So this is a special time. Because it's a time for us all to take stock. The only way that we will receive the filling of the Ruach HaKodesh tomorrow is to be emptied of everything and anything that's vexing you. Everything and anything that's vexing you that is preventing that filling. Because Shavuot is designed to equip us for harvesting. There are thousands and thousands of people out there. And it's growing exponentially. I'm ready. This ministry is equipped and ready. But locally, we're not in one accord. 
That is a problem. Because the harvest is plentiful, but now we find that the laborers are even fewer. Even fewer. This is a time for serious, serious pause. Because there is much good in what the Father is doing. There is much good. But before you go to the next level of blessing, there's always testing. There's always a purging. There's always a culling. Because that is the way Yahweh has designed. So we have to overcome. Because what is going to be your legacy? What is going to be my legacy? Tearing down or building up? In spite of all of our flaws, we all have them. The spotlights shine on mine a lot more, for sure. But we all have them, but we have to look at the word. So don't be discouraged, please, during this time. There's much been going on, but Yahweh will use it for good if we steward the gifts that we have. I know it. The blessing is huge. But sometimes we just literally have to look up to be able to see it all. And I get to see a lot more because I've got the big picture. Because I've seen the ministry go through these ebbs and flows over the past decade or so. And some of you, you, we've, we've gone through these trials. We've gone through these tribulations before. And you see the fruit through staying to the course. But there's human nature. This human nature is that we're going to work through these things. And truly, you work through them with your own families at home, don't you? So how much more should you? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? Yes, none of us are perfect. But Yahweh has a plan for all of us. Not individually. Because individually means we go back to the egocentric self. But ultimately, he's trying to take us forward so that we can be the harvesters and we can be the laborers. And that means that we have to lay down our own selfish desires. So I hope that kind of gives you an understanding of what this feast is about. Because it is truly a special, special time. Um, Anybody, any questions, comments, maybe on the online audience, if we have a microphone at all? But this truly is a time of moving from that egocentric self into the community whole. And through doing it, there's definitely going to be that refiner's process. But embrace it and then look inward because that's truly where the work is. And I know I've had to. I've had to. And I know many of you are too. But that's what it's all about. Nothing? No? Last week, people were like upset that I closed down the live stream and didn't take questions. And now I'm willing to take questions. I was last week, I forgot. No questions this week. Are we sure? Are you sure in there? 
He's sure. Praise Yah. All right. Okay. So let's close in prayer. Father, we pray that you would truly see us through to the feast, to the festivals, Abba, that you have for us. And that, Father, we would attain the great, great gift of blessing through being loyal and faithful stewards. And we thank you, Abba, that the feasts and the festivals are truly there for us to learn character development. And Abba, that we would learn together would be a great thing in Yahusha's mighty name. Amen. Amen.